Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Together, a Brighton and Albion podcast. Can you believe it? 34 episodes. Um, I can't, but here we are. Uh, and what a weekend it's been. Um, it has been a real roller coaster weekend. Uh, we've had a long wait to get back into this, the swing of things. Um, and it hit us like a truck <laughs> at the Amex yesterday. So we will take a look at that and more. Um, for those of you who are new here, I go through my top five stories of the week uh, about all things Albion. Um, and for those of you who aren't new here, I've got my five. They're ready to go. Um, so let's not hang around. Uh, let's get going with story number five. Um, so story number five is actually more about England than it is about Brighton. Um, they had a great start to the qualifying campaign. Uh, no games for Albion players, but Paul Nevin was in the squad, um, as we talked about last week, and Donkey is obviously trying to get himself back in. Um, the reason they're my top five, in my top five stories of the week uh, is, sadly, um, the biggest talking point over two games with, what, nine goals scored and one goal conceded um, was the absolute sea of racism against Montenegro um, that everyone in the UK has spoke out about it. Um, Sterling had stuff to say on Twitter. Good for him, by the way. Um, I think that's great. Uh, Danny Rose was also subject to the abuse and pretty much any other player that didn't look just like the Montenegrins. Um, it's really unfortunate. Uh, there's a new campaign out from the Premier League uh, that I retweeted yesterday. I believe it's something like everyone's game. Um Bernardo is in a lot of the uh, Bernardo is in a lot of the uh, campaign pictures, videos, messaging, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, thankfully, personally, I've never witnessed racism at any game I've gone to, um, and I've been to an absolute crap ton all the way through the leagues. Um, so it's, you know, it's I've seen a lot of other stuff, but not racism. Um, and you know, I think the the majority of people who feel that way in the uk are probably very quiet about it um but hopefully this campaign uh will keep them shut up uh for as long as possible because we don't need that in our game anywhere up and down the country um and the other reason i really wanted to talk about this was more than anything is because we play bulgaria next in october um in bulgaria now, this could be a massive incident um, that would garner international attention. I've seen a few people online uh, who are Bulgarian who are very worried about this game coming up. Um, they believe that the fans there are going to be no better than Montenegro, if not worse. Um, and there has been a lot of discussion over the last week from Pep Guardiola to Gareth Southgate to Hutton to, you know, to Harry Kane, all saying that, like, if this was to go down, people will be taken off of the pitch. Um, they will walk off. They will take the, the loss if they dare give them a loss. Um, and they will walk out. Uh, this would obviously garner international attention. Um, as of right now, I would put a lot of money on Bulgarian fans giving that kind of abuse. Um, and personally, I hope that the England team do what they said they're going to do and walk out. Um, like I said, it would garner huge international attention. Um, it would put some pretty major pressure on FIFA uh, because this isn't an England team from eight years ago to the crap. You know, this is a team that are a semi-finalist in the World Cup. They'll be expected to cruise to the Euro Championships and actually look like they're half decent at that tournament. Um, to lose England uh, in a tournament would be a bigger deal now than it was, like I said, like eight, ten years ago. So 
it will put a lot of pressure on them um and hopefully it would it would be the catalyst for some major changes across world football um and also it would have consequences for us because dunk might be in the squad um nevin might be in the squad and if they are you know this is going to trickle down to us even more so because they're going to be uh the face of one of the biggest movements in football's last 10 20 years of history um so you know there's a there's a this is a major moment um in international football and stamping this shit out uh excusing my language because it is that though um so yeah it's going to be interesting i i for one hope dunk gets called up in october and i for one hope he joins in on walking out if it happens um all power to him all power to every single one of them uh but that's why it makes my top five stories of the week um story number four um is the southampton game um well jesus christ what an awful game that was um i don't know whether i should have just stayed in iceland and left you guys to it because we won two on the bounce when uh when i was gone and now we play like that at home against a team that are supposed to be below us in the league um prior to the goal for saints uh they had more possession than we had sure we had more possession after that but we were trying to get a goal um they did an amazing job, however, of taking the ball away from us. Uh, they got 12 dispossessions to our three yesterday, which really shows just how negative we were in sitting back. Um, we had one shot on target all game that came very late from Lacardia. Um, it was that shot on the turn, if anyone can remember it, uh, that went straight to the keeper. And of course, Montoya hit in the bar. Um, his goal would have been probably one of the goals of the season if he'd have got it uh in the back of the net instead of off the bar but it wasn't to be and honestly we didn't deserve a win or a point yesterday um saints were the better team by a long shot um and i think that's super worrying given that we're supposed to be a team that's looking to survive and they're below us um we looked slow we looked ponderous um we looked out of ideas before we had even kicked off almost (laughs) um for the minute we kicked off yesterday we looked out of ideas um now, I didn't watch the Huddersfield game, obviously, as you know. Uh, but I do know that when Andone came on, he changed the game. Um, could he have changed the game yesterday? Do you, you think that we were in a very similar situation at the end of those 45 minutes as we were against Huddersfield? Um, do you think Andone would have been the difference maker? Uh, I would love to know your thoughts. Um, so at me on Twitter uh, and let me know what you think. I would love to know. Um, and... Getting onto players individually, um, I I thought defensively we did all right. Um, other than the goal, I I feel like we never really looked in too much danger. Um, on the on the whole, uh, even with Ward Prowse whipping in crosses all day, you know, and he did uh, put in a lot of balls. Um, Duncan Duffy were comfortable. Um, Bissouma I thought was excellent. Uh, three shots, two key passes, eighty percent pass accuracy. Uh, only Dunk was better in that department, which A, shows that we had far too much of the ball at the back, <laughs> and B, shows that everybody else couldn't even hit an 80% pass accuracy rating. Um, we aren't able to keep the ball, even in the most simplest of occasions. Uh, unfortunately, Besuma of all people, was the one who gave it away for the goal, but it was, you know, it could have been any of seven or eight players um, that ended up playing that pass that got them the ball for the goal. Um because we were doing it all all day. Um, he was just the one that played it. 
he faded away at the end of the game too and for that reason he isn't going to be my man of the match um i also thought duffy and dunk uh, as stated before looked excellent um a massive 11 clearances from duffy um and he also came very close to scoring too uh from a whip free kick in that he was probably inches at most away from getting a touch on and probably scoring um but my man of the match uh goes no further than bernardo um he absolutely was my was my man of the match yesterday uh he stayed on a high all the way through the game he didn't fade um and he also had more touches of the ball than anyone else 102 touches um only he was the only one to have that amount of the ball um bisuma i think was the next one with about 89 so it's a pretty severe drop um he also had a shot uh two key passes five aerials uh five aerial battles won uh only murray won more aerial battles than bernardo did um for a fullback i think that's pretty impressive um talking about murray uh, i thought he was poor he offered very little yesterday um, and I, I know he scored an absolutely sublime goal versus Palace, uh, but I haven't seen anything from him against Millwall or yesterday that made me think he should be anywhere near the team in a one-man-up top formation, um, especially at home. Uh, I think the game changed as soon as Jürgen came on, um, as opposed to when they scored, and we went 4-4-2. Um, personally, I would like to see us go 4-4-2 at home the rest of the season. Um, if we aren't going to play gross in the number 10 role and go 4-4-1-1, um, screw it. Let's go 4-4-2. And he keeps doing it when we're chasing a game. And I wonder if he's going to ever get tempted to just do it all together uh, with one of these remaining home games of, you know, Bournemouth, Cardiff or Newcastle. Um, God, I hope he does, because I think that would really change the game somewhat. Um, you know, I think that even if we played Lacardia and Andone, I think it would be a better four four two formation than four 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 five one. Or and that and I mean, you know people are saying we're playing a four three three, but the the midfield was entirely flat yesterday. Um, the wingers didn't do anything at all. Uh, we looked really poor all the way across the pitch, and Murray had no help whatsoever. Um, there was a moment where uh, we cleared the ball out, and Murray chased it down um, all the way into their box. And the keeper was able to clear it over his head to a defender um, because nobody else had gotten into their half at this point. Murray had been able to run almost the full length of the pitch to close the keeper down um, as the ball gradually made its way back. And nobody else had even got into their half to support him. Um, we need a second striker if we're not going to support him in that way. And I think that it's just long overdue. We need to change something. This isn't working. Um yeah, so that's my that's my story number four. Um, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, our home form is what kept us up last season, and we have three at least huge games at home left to come. Um, you know, if we can take six points from three from the three games we have, that puts us on thirty nine, and we're safe. Um, and especially if one of those games is against, you know, if one of those three points is against Cardiff. Um, we have Bournemouth, Cardiff, and Newcastle at home, which are all winnable games. Um, and it's I think that's going to be the, the deciding factor of our season. Um, if we can get our home form up to an acceptable level and play at an acceptable level at home, I think we'll stay up. Um, if we continue to falter and play the way we're playing, uh, we're in big trouble. Um, but we'll see soon enough because, you know, after the FA Cup semi-finals over and done with and we can all look past that uh, and look back on the FA Cup with a fond memory because 
I think it's going to take a miracle to beat City when they're chasing a quadruple. Um, we all eyes need to then turn to the to the to the the Premier League because after that semi-final game, we'll have Bournemouth and Cardiff uh, within a space of about four days. Huge, huge duo of games there. Um, story number three. Uh, story number three is a pretty sad story uh, for certain people involved, um, and that's Huddersfield have been relegated from the Premier League. Um, one of the earliest relegations uh, since we've had 38-game seasons ever. Um, and it's weird because they've they've not been anywhere near as bad as some of the teams that have been up here. You know, that Derby team that got, like, what, 12 points, or um, Sunderland that got, like, 8, I think. Excuse me, my voice is going. I'm trying to drink some water and help myself out here. Um, you know, they've played... 32 games uh, and scored 18 goals. Um, you know, we've we've scored 32 goals in our 30 games um, as kind of like a comparison, if you want to look at it that way. Um, the story of their season is that they have nothing going forward. Um, you know, Karim, or Karim Grant uh, and Zanka, their centre-half, um, are joint top scorers on three goals each. You know, uh, they've allowed 13 shots per game. Um they are awful away from home. They're barely any better at home. You know, I, they sacked Wagner halfway through the season, or he left, whatever the story is. Um, and they signed, they've signed up a coach that's supposed to be very similar, but it hasn't helped them one bit. Um, you got to feel for them because they, you got to feel for the fans because they never expected to go up in the first place, and then after staying up the first season, which would have been called a miracle on its own, um, to see them capitulate and surrender so easily, um, got to be disappointing for him. You know, at least we gave ourselves a really good fighting chance of staying up. They've done nothing at all. Um, their strengthening was horrific. Their gameplay has been horrific. Um, yeah, second season syndrome hit them like an absolute bus. Um, and Huddersfield are down. Um, and I don't think it will be long until Fulham join them. Uh, they have very little time left, I think, as a Premier League club, which is amazing when their net spend was only second in the Premier League uh, behind Liverpool. Um, Fulham have spent a lot of money and they are doing no better, um, which really is probably more of a managerial problem because a lot of their players are excellent uh, individuals and as a team, they're horrific. Um but yeah, we they've got a lot of work to do. They are they are going back down to the championship. Um, I think their team is probably a championship ready team. Uh, and you know, if if anything, this little jaunt into the Premier League is probably going to make them uh, a top twelve championship team for the next three or four years. Um, and financially, it's probably done a huge huge bonus for them, just like it is for us every year we stay up. Um, I would like to see them come straight back up simply because I I kind of they came up at the same time as us and I'll probably have a uh, a fondness for them for that kind of memory of knowing that they came up with us but there are a lot of good teams down there now um and that's what scares me about going down so uh you know we'll see fingers crossed for them but I'm not altogether convinced um Story number two. So story number two is actually just a voice clip as opposed to me jabbering on. Um, this is uh, Mile High Seagulls. Um, he was on the show, uh, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Probably even longer than that. Um, 
he had tickets booked for the Southampton game and obviously he went a uh, terrible omen in the end. He should never go to another game. Um, but he uh, he sent me a voice clip. Um, you know, he, he overlooked the game and what it looked like from his vantage point um, for a little bit. And then also really just went in depth um, as to what it's like to go over uh, as an American fan. Um, recommendations. Uh, if anybody is ever thinking about doing the same thing and following in his footsteps, he gives some really, really good uh, tips, tricks. Um, and yeah, it's a good listen. Uh, and I think for those American fans that are thinking about it, um, it's going to be a really nice little eye opener for you. And I think for anybody else listening to it, um, again, it's just another one of those uh, little looks into the life of a fan that lives so far away and has never even visited the Amex before. So uh, without further ado, I'll pop him on now. Um, enjoy. And yeah, here you go. This is Mile High Seagulls reporting from London. Left Brighton this morning back here in Piccadilly Circus um, with my post Southampton thoughts. Um, we'll get it, we'll get to my experience uh, at the end of this, but just kind of wanted to talk about some things I took out of the game. It's a lot different when you watch it live than when you watch it on TV. Um, but I think everyone can agree that offensively we were non-existent the entire game. Um, I thought going into halftime we'd come out waking up because we usually have been in the past, but just nothing. There was no spark. Um, as much as the energy they showed at Sellers Park um, on the road and Millwall on the road to, to scratch and claw and come back, just didn't see any of that. I didn't see any urgency yesterday. Um, really frustrating. Um, the, the better team won yesterday for sure. There's no question about that. Um, stinks. That, you know, obviously my first game had to be a loss, so I apologize to all you Albion fans for not bringing good luck from America. Um, so that was a rough one. We'll just let Paul, um, Stateside Seagulls, and Ben at Chicago Seagulls go to the games because they win when they go. <laughs> um, but overall, it was amazing. Um, if anyone's listening to this that's never been to an Albion game, that's an American fan or any fan um, all over the world or even in England, I highly, highly, highly recommend to do the hospitality at the Amex because it is unbelievable um, how well I was taken care of. Uh, I mean, the second you walk in, they hand you a glass of champagne, they give you a game program, they sit down, nice table, great appetizers, great meal, all you can drink up to two hours before the match at halftime and up to two hours after the match. I think I paid like 170 pounds a person, which is kind of pricey. It's about 200 bucks, but... If you want to meet players, you have to do it because, and you have to do it at the, so when you sign up for hospitality, there's different restaurants you can do it in. Do it in the Goldstone restaurant if you ever do it because the Goldstone restaurant is right next to the player's lounge that all the players go to after the game. And they literally walk through where I was. So I met a bunch of guys, um, obviously, you know, pre-match, I bought an Ali Reza custom shirt, not knowing that I was going to meet him. Um, the club actually, one of the guys up there, his name was Bob, um, said that he was going to set up a meet and greet for me with him. So I thought that was amazing. Um, and I got to meet some of the other players. I could have stayed and met uh, Murray and some of the other guys, but I was in a rush to meet the Albion fans that I had met this weekend uh, at the local bars, which was a great time. But 
all, all that being said, it was a great experience. I loved the city of Brighton. The people there were so good to us. Thank you, Josh, for hooking me up with Russell, who is a huge Albion fan in London, goes to all the games, great guy. He's got a very nice wife, good friends that we all met out with in, in Brighton and town. Um, all in all, it was a memorable experience. Check out my Twitter handle. You can see some of the pictures I posted from the weekend. Um, but back to business on Wednesday. We desperately need a result. We desperately need them to demolish Cardiff today. They're playing today, Monday, Sunday, I'm sorry. I think I just saw the hazards out. That sucks. That means he's resting for us. Um, uh, thank you again, and uh, look forward to hearing what Josh had to say. All right. Well, thank you again, Mile High, for the uh, the review of both your uh, experience and your um, the, your game review. Uh, as always, thank you so much. Um, anybody else who ever wants to send in voice clips uh, on anything, um, please do. Anybody wants to send in emails, uh, thoughts, feelings, concerns, I will read them all out on here if you do that. Uh, TogetherBHA at gmail.com. Um, you can send your voice clips there. You can send your voice clips uh to me on whatsapp if you have my number you can send me voice clips um pretty much wherever you want uh same goes for your thoughts and feedback uh i will read it all out as i said um so that was story number two um story number one uh the finale uh chelsea midweek um this is it this is a big one too uh not only is it a massive game for us but it's a massive game for sari um you know what happened here was that uh, I've just got done finishing the Chelsea Cardiff game. Um, what a roller coaster of emotions that was! Uh, I think I cheered the Chelsea goals as much as I've cheered Brighton goals this year. Um, it was huge for us uh, to continue to stay five points clear, as opposed to being two would have been horrific. Um, at one point, when they were one nil down, they were chanting that they wanted Sarri out. Um, Chelsea fans are more fickle than almost any other fans you'll come across. Excuse me, you'll come across. Um, you know the the money that came in in the early two thousands has really tainted an entire generation of fans. Um, you know, people complain about people being fickle towards Hutton and anyone else. They <laughs> Chelsea are a different breed, um, and if they don't get off to a strong start at the beginning. Uh, of this next game that they're, they're going to be on his back and it's going to be a rough game for them. Um, and you know, it's not as big of a game for us as it is for them at this point. They're still chasing top four, um, that the fans are on Sari's back. Um, honestly, I'd just like us to go for it. It's a free hit. Um, let's treat it like one. If we're, uh, to me, uh, they're professional athletes. They've just had a two week break. I wouldn't even look at rotating too much. Um, but if you want to, I would have, obviously, Kyle replace whichever midfielder needs a break, and that would be it for me. Um, but like I said against the Saints game, uh, I'd love us to go 4-4-2. Uh, stick Murray and Lacardia up front. Um, obviously, I don't think Andoni will be ready to play a part, but if he's ready to play a bit part, bring him on as a sub to replace one of those two towards the end of the game and have him run at them. Um, Izquierdo, we need to decide what's going on with him. Um if he's on the bench, you have to bring him on at some point. You know, I think we only made the two subs yesterday. Um, we need to, if he's fit or able to play a role, you need to play him. Um, otherwise, just leave him off the bench altogether. If he's not going to be your weapon, don't just don't waste his time. Um, if he ain't fit yet, just don't worry about it. It's okay. Like, we'll be fine. But don't bring him on if he's not ready. Um, 
And, you know, if we are going to uh, rotate somewhat, then obviously have Kyle replace whichever midfielder needs a break. Um, honestly, if it was me, I would love to see us go 4-4-2 and have Stevens and Kyle in the middle of the pitch and go full championship midfielder 4-4-2. Um, I would love Izquierdo and March on the left and the right, respectively. Um, just in my opinion, I know that this is going to be a controversial one because people won't want us to do this kind of level of change, but it can't be, it can't be something we haven't trained on extensively already, uh, because we do it as soon as we go down at home and we look comfortable in it. Um, I think we just need to do something different and carry that formation into our home games after the semi-final. You know, I don't know what, I don't know what Hewton's going to do in the semi-final, um, you know, you may as well just throw darts at a dartboard to know what's going to happen there. Um, but after the Cardiff roller coaster, we're five clear. Um, so let's not do this whole try and keep the score down and steal a point. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to work. Um, I expect Hazard to probably start, um, and Sarri's in trouble and he's going to seriously make an effort to make an example of us to keep himself slightly safer than he already is. Um, Go 4-4-2, take the game to them, wind up the crowd and get them on their backs. I think that's the best chance we've got of stealing a point. Um, you know, if we could do something else, like, that would probably make us safe. But I can't see us getting more than a point at best uh, at the bridge. But, you know, if we do, we're essentially seven clear um, with goal difference. And Sarri, you know, like I said, he's in trouble. Hazard will probably start, but I reckon they'll probably rotate some youth in. Um, I think Loftus-Cheek will probably start. I think Odoi is probably going to start. Um, probably rightly for him, he was left on the bench today. Uh, we may see Giroud start. You know, these are players that aren't their main their main stre- strengths. Um, and I think it's up to us to make them uncomfortable, take the game to them, and really, the longer we s- frustrate them and the longer we look half-dangerous, uh, the faster the crowd is going to turn on their team. And if the crowd turns, we really have a shot of uh, of taking something. Um, for me, I, my my formation would be Ryan, Montoya, Dunk, Duffy, and Bernardo. I think that's the most comfortable back five we're going to have now. Um, we don't even need to worry about it for the rest of the season. If they're all fit, that's the back five. No question. Uh, I would have Solly March start on the right. That's his better position. Um and I think that he deserves to start there. I think uh, Ali Reza and Knockart are both below below par. Um, and given the way he played against Millwall, put him in. Um, Stevens and Kyle in the midi- middle. Uh, Izquierdo on the left and Lucardia and Murray up front. Um, I would love to see that. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think we'll probably see Ryan, uh, possibly Bruno to rotate Montoya. Uh, Dunk Duffy, uh, possibly Bong um, to rotate Bernardo. Um, I think we will see March start, though. Um, and I think we'll probably see Stevens and Proper um, and Bissouma, the same three. Um, possibly uh, Kyle for Bissouma. Um, and then I think on the left, uh, we'll probably have uh, Ali Reza. Um, and then up front, we'll have Murray. Um, and I think that that's going to be the formation we do play. Um, and I think we'll get beat 2 or 3 nil pretty comfortably. Um and, you know, we're going to do it to ourselves. They are a top six team. We should be expecting to get beat. Um, but I think the manner is going to be incredibly disappointing again. Um, and we'll limp into a semi-final, uh, which we'll probably end up winning because that's the Albion way, right? <laughs> play like crap one day, play like world beaters the next. So that's all from me. Um, 
depending on the Chelsea result, I may record midweek if we get a win or something super contentious happens or, you know, if there's if there's enough content for a midweek, I will, I will definitely make one. Um, but if it's a run-of-the-mill kind of away game at Stamford Bridge, I'm probably not going to bother when we've got a semi-final to go as well. Um, and the weekend will probably be a uh, action-packed pod. So I am going to leave you now. Um, enjoy your weeks. Uh, there's a big game coming up of the weekend. We're going to Wembley. Uh, but before that, we have a Goliath to conquer at the Stamford Bridge. So have a good one. Be safe.